Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. So we're still a part of the series, Save My City. Save My City. It's been a really, really awesome series. And uh, for those of you who didn't hear Pastor Leanne, she came here on a Wednesday night it was phenomenal. It's basically like the prophetic word for this whole entire series oh, is when she spoke. And for some, I don't know, like when she came here to speak it, she was like, it was even like more, there was like this umph because I think we're hungry people. So your hunger brought out the best in Pastor Leanne. So she was making sure everyone in San Diego heard that message, even if they already heard it in San Diego. So amazing series. And um, I came recently to the book of Daniel, which I'm so thankful for, because to be honest, like the struggle is real. If I'm going through the Old Testament right now, and I want to give everyone like a fresh bread worded scripture, you know, but I was having a hard time in, in Ezekiel. I couldn't really understand it. So I was like, Jesus, please, you know, like something, Valley of Dry Bones, that's something. But then it just, it's, there's over 40 chapters in Ezekiel. Anyway, I'm th thank you, Jesus, for the book of Daniel. I love the book of Daniel. After reading all the scripture, like everything in Ezekiel, Daniel, he brought life to my world. So that's why I'm going to talk to you guys about Daniel. And um, so I only got through one point last service, so I'm going to try to get through all three. But I believe that it is a word for, uh, for us today. So I'm going to paint the scene of, um, of Daniel. So we have Daniel and we have his three friends, which are uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they're all a posse together. And here's what happened. They were in their youth, so probably around 15 years old. And they lived and grew, grew up in Jerusalem. So they were Jewish boys in Jerusalem. And then King Nebuchadnezzar, who's the king over Babylon, came into Jerusalem and seized it and uh, took these four boys captive. And so now Daniel and his three friends are now in Babylon. They left their family. Scholars think that, you know, their families got killed amongst the whole war. And uh, so they brought him in. So he's now there in Babylon. And um, so the great thing about Daniel and his three friends, in my eyes, is that they're the best example of, uh, of purity and of power. The title of my message today is Purity with Power. Purity with Power. And they display this so well. In my eyes, purity, I've been thinking about devotion a lot and how important devotion is in our relationship with, with God. And if we don't have devotion, you know, we're kind of, we're not grounded. There isn't strength in us. And God is looking for a strong church. And so, um, so Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they are all uh, 
devoted, amazing Christian guys. <laughs> and, um, and then the, you see the partnership of God and his power in their life. So to set the scene of the beginning of Daniel, so I told you about how they got to Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon. And so Nebuchadnezzar, he's this guy who just really loves himself. He's all about himself. And he's like, I'm just really awesome. And, and everyone needs to know about it. And, um, and so King Nebuchadnezzar decided to call upon like an event, basically like a Super Bowl event. And he had all the people, all of the high society, all of the elites, all the who's who come because he's like, I'm giving you an invitation to come to this event because I'm doing something very exciting and awesome for myself, really, but I want you all to be a part of it. Um, I'm going to be, um, you know, I have this statue that I made. It's actually of myself. And... <laughs> And yeah, it's probably the largest statue you've seen. It's actually 90 feet high and 90 feet wide. If you've ever been to a jazz game, you know, the basketball court is 92 inches wide. So that feet, yeah, not inches. <laughs> feet, 92 feet wide. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a perspective of how he's like just, the statue is my, it's my pride and joy. And, and I want you all to be there. I'm inviting Oprah. The Kardashians are going to be there too. Actually, I have them. They're going to be my hosts. They're going to be there. And then I'm having Beyonce come and she's going to, you know, bring her whole crew. She's going to do some of, you know, how the, I've seen the Super Bowl. They have that halftime. I like that. And I'm going to have Beyonce be a part of it. I'm also going to have Harry Styles come. He's amazing. I love his voice. <sighs> Lady Gaga too. She's all amazing. And so I'm bringing you all, all of my friends who are the elites, come to my amazing party so I can do this grand reveal for you. So they all come, like the invites are out, everyone comes in, you know, they got their, all of the best of the best outfits on. I do like a little fashion show of my Valentinos or whatever. And uh, so it's all awesome, like this really great event. And uh, he's like, okay, here we go. Now is the time. Now is the time where the curtain is going to part. And then my gold statue of myself is going to be there, just vibrant. The sun, perfect weather. They're going to get blinded by my statue. I can't wait. It's going to be really good. And so it all happens. And he's like, okay, so when, when the statue gets revealed... Um, oh, by the way, I want you to bow down and worship me too. So when Beyonce comes in and, you know, Harry Styles, they're going to do this part together. I have it planned brilliantly, you know. But so when they start to sing their little duet song and, you know, I have lasers, I have like the fog machine, everything's going to be great. And uh, so when that all happens, I, I want you to bow down and worship my statue. That too. Everybody. Like no one's not allowed to. You all need to bow down and worship me. <laughs> so some crazy awesome king guy who's really into himself. So in the scene is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It doesn't mention Daniel, and I had a heart check on this. I'm like, God, where is Daniel in this whole thing, you know? Because here's the deal. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they chose to not bow down. So they were the ones who were standing out in the midst of the crowd, you know, like 
in this world of all the elites, they chose not to. And I was like, why not Daniel? And so just because if you guys are also thinking that and you got caught up, I feel like he was just on a staycation. Honestly, he wasn't there because he could have been sick too. So we're going to give Daniel some grace, okay? I feel like that's just the, the answer for you all if you're getting caught up. Um, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, um, so yes, there was a tattletale in the group, like, you know, there are, and it was a tattletale that was on their team because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they got promoted because they were the most, the 10 times wiser than any other wise men that were part of Babylon. And so they got promoted in this position. And so, you know, people on their team who think that they're really smart, like they, so there was a tattletale amongst the group. And so they run over to King Nebuchadnezzar and then they're like, did you know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in front of the Kardashians, in front of them, they did not, they didn't even bow. I saw them, they're just standing up there with their turbans, you know, and they're just, they're not even glorified. They're not even worshiping you. They're not even getting blinded by your gold statue. So he gets really frustrated and angry, the king, you know, because he's so into himself and into this amazing work of his, of this statue, that, um, you know, he's just like, you know what, they just need to die. They've helped me a lot through my life. You know, they've given me a lot of wisdom, but time for them to just die. And um, I'm going to, I have a furnace over here. I had this set up, but there's this furnace and it's, let's make it seven times hotter just to really scorch them so that they can feel my anger. So then, you know, he summons the soldiers and they bind the three men up and then they go over to the fire and then all of a sudden, the soldiers who were trying to throw them in the fire died because it was so hot. So the soldiers, which I don't know why I think it's funny, but it is to me. Um, it's like one of those comedy shows of, I don't even know. It's just what happens. So they die. Ah, and, um, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, they step into this fire. They're fully clothed. Not like you were thinking they were naked, but I'm just telling you, they, they were, they were fully clothed and they had, you know, they had like, they were bound. So they had that going on. But when they stepped into the furnace, all of a sudden King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, took the mic away from the Kardashians because they were hosting the event. You know, he's like, look, look inside. There's, there's those, the three guys that we put in there. They're all free men. And then all of a sudden, like, look, there's a fourth man in there. There's not only three, there's four of them. And the fourth one is walking around. It looks like the son of a son of God. What? Who else was called the son of God in the Bible? I don't know. Maybe Jesus. But, um, but yes, he saw the four men and they were free. And then he said, oh my gosh, let me see. I'm going to read this to you because it's better coming from the Bible. I'll read it quickly. Sorry, media team, I didn't give this to you. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning uh, fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Like, I didn't know you can actually hear in the fire. Like, while you're in fire, you can actually hear people. Um, then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men whose bodies 
uh, whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected. How cool is that? And the smell of fire was, was not on them. Like if I put my jacket in the fire, I know it's going to get like on, in flames. Didn't happen to them. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's turned his language around, who sent his angel and delivered his servants and trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any God except their own God. I love how clear it was to him. Like you actually, you disobeyed me. You didn't worship me. Now your God is coming through. It's so clear. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. He still has a little bit of an anger problem, but... <laughs> he it shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made in ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. <laughs> so good. It gets even better. Then the king promoted. They got a promotion. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. How awesome is that? I don't know if any of you feel today that you are in a refiner's fighter, fire. I believe that part of the reason why they were able to uh, see this impossible thing happen in their life is because they were, they were young Christian men who devoted their lives to God and they got to see, they already have allowed God to do some purifying within their own hearts. So because they already were allowing God, God, search me, know me. See if there's any wicked way in me. They allow God to, to, to do that and to purify them. And so then they were able, with that purity, to step into the power of God and to see the impossible in their lives. My point number one is refined for the impossible. We are called to be refined for the impossible. Some of the fruit of, that should be seen in our own life is the fruit of the impossible things that only God can do. The funny thing too, if this was like a continued comedy show, is that, you know, fast forward Jesus with his disciples, he's like, yeah, if you want to be my disciple, sit down. We're just going to do a quick little teaching, just 101 basics. Here's what you do. Okay, ready? All right. You got your pins? Um, Great. So I want you to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, and cleanse the lepers. That's it. I'm just going to leave you with that and see how that goes. But that's like the basics, which is, that's the impossible. If we don't see the impossible in our lives, I want to question, I want to ask, do you let, have you let God do some refining work in your own life? Because I believe it's the refining, it's the purifying that gets us into the impossible to see God move. Cupulation. I've never heard that word, but I hope I said it right. So that is at the very beginning when, when they were purifying gold, like back in the day, 
the Bible day, when they were purifying gold, purifying silver, that's what it was called. And so what they would do is they would turn up the, th the furnace, put all the gold in there. They would make sure it's not too hot because if it was too hot that, you know, it would ruin the, the, the purity of it. But it was, if it wasn't hot enough, it wouldn't get all the impurities out. So Here's the cool thing. So after they would do that, so the fire would be just right, the impurities would start to come out and then the refiner would know that it would be time to take it off of the furnace when the refiner saw his reflection on the, on the gold, on the silver. The refiner's fire. If we let God do the refining, if we open up our hearts and let him do a work that only he can do, then we're going to be a reflection of Jesus, which is in return is going to not only save our families, but it's going to save our cities and beyond. Few scripture, just so you have it. For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. Psalm 66, 10. Malachi 3, 3. He will sit as a refiner. He is sitting with you. He is sitting as a refiner and a purifier of silver, which in that day was, was very uh, worth a lot. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. They may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Psalm 139, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. I love that scripture because it's a good reminder for us that there's to, to do the searching God. Do we pray prayers of search me, O God, and know my heart? See if there's any wicked way, because if there is, I need the pruning. If there is, put me in the refiner's fire. Lead me in the way everlasting. Matthew 5, 8, how cool is this? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That was kind of like the scripture coming out of the furnace for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're kind of like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't realize that because I devoted myself to God, because yes, I came out of the greatest church in all of the world in Jerusalem and God, you know, my family died. And yes, I have, I've been hurt by wickedness and God put me in Babylon, which was the, is a completely secular society, a hundred percent opposite of him. That God, even though you took me from one place to this Babylon place, that that my heart, my, my pure heart, that when I decided to not conform to the Babylonian world, when I decided not to eat what they wanted me to eat, when I decided not to worship when they told me to worship, my heart became pure one, from one little decision after another, after another, after another. Where really he should have been a person, or we think a person like that would, would be completely bitter against God, would have a ton of unforgiveness and issues because of what, at such a, a pivotal time in their life, what was done to them. But even still, they served God. Find your tribe too. 
the reason why I think too, they were able to stand and get their heart purified by God is because they had a, a, a tribe of, of people who were able to, you know, say an iron sharpen iron. That's why we complete, we say every single week, get into a connect group, you know? <laughs> you gotta have people in your world where it's iron sharpen iron. Are you teachable? Do you allow others to speak into you? So maybe you can tell me you have a great relationship with God and, you know, you're good. But did you also know that God works, wants to work through you and uses people? And, you know, I want to be used by God. And so because he set that system up, we need to allow ourselves to be in a group of people that might speak the truth in a time of confusion where I can be confused and feel hurt, but they're speaking the truth in love to me where my eyes are now opened to, oh my goodness, yes, I need to cut this out of my life. And uh, so are we, are we actually seeking those people? Uh, do you have a prayer life? That's a really good question. <laughs> um, in the good times and in the bad, um, life can be going really good for you and you're, you're coming to church and your work is awesome. Everything's going really good. Sorry. There we go. Um, so your life can be great, but maybe you're not praying, you know, through the whole thing. You're just kind of like, I'll show up and I get fed at church. I'll pick up my kid and then we drive home, you know, and life is going pretty good. And, uh, and then all of a sudden something bad happens in your life. Maybe you're a person, you're a sales guy, and you've been, you know, the only thing that you are good at praying at is praying for these well contracts to come through, you know? I, I want this thing to come through or whatever it could be. Or you can see, you know, the trajectory going a certain way, and then all of a sudden it starts to unravel completely the opposite way. So the prayer life that you had in the good times will dictate your prayer in the bad times. If you have a bad prayer life, if you choose not to pray during the good times and the bad times, you're going to say, God, how is this possible? I, I put the blame on you. How could you do this to me? I come to church and they say that you, you know, the prosperity gospel, you know. Oh, I, yeah, God, he just wants you to prosper. But, and yeah, I saw that vision on me. I went to a Pathfinder event. I woke up like, yeah, this is great. So I'm doing all the good things. And now that the contract didn't go through, now that I got a job demotion, it's all going in the wrong direction. God, you are to blame. How dare you, God? And you put me here in this Babylon place. How is your prayer life? The prayer life and the good times are going to dictate the bad times. It's going to stir up your faith. So how is your prayer life? Are you standing strong in faith in the good? When you're in the good, don't lose your vision. God has more for you if you're in the good. Don't become lazy with not praying if your life is going good and just thinking like you're good. When something bad comes in, then you're going to falter and you're going to become weak sauce. You know, he, he's looking for a church that's strong. He's looking for a church with faith. So how are your prayers? Um, cool. Point number two. Confusion requires interpretation. Confusion requires interpretation. So we know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
They're awesome. So the book of Daniel, we get to know Daniel. He's the dream interpreter. So he is the guy, same story with his friends that he came out of, you know, amazing Bible Belt Church. I don't know. And then now got sent to Las Vegas where it's like, what is happening? Um, He's a part of, you know, the same situation. And um, so his heart is still, so he's, he gets placed in this position with King Nebuchadnezzar as ha, where the king has a, an ear for what Daniel is going to say. Because his, again, his wisdom, when you carry the spirit of God in you, you carry the gift of wisdom. And the other side note thing too, at the very beginning, it said that they all looked uh, really healthy and awesome. So when you, when you are with Jesus, you get smarter and better looking. So... <laughs> There you go. You probably just need to come to church just to hear that. Um, so yeah, so, so Daniel is in a place of influence with King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar, the guy all about himself, um, and he'll go up and down. It's like, he's like, oh, a statue of me. And then you serve this, you know, serve God. And then he kind of goes back to pride and all that. But he gets this, uh, this dream. And so he's trying to, he get, he's gathering all the wise men together and he's like, you guys are just not hitting the mark. I just know you're, you're not really there. So I need to call Daniel. I need to call him in so that he can be the one to actually tell me what this dream means. So confusion requires interpretation. Once we get refined in the refiner's fire, we start to see clearly what is pure and what's impure. The purity of God versus the the impurities of the world. And then because of your influence that God has set for you, people are going to call on you to say, you know, in in this confused world where things are, are not black and white, it's very blurry lines in between that can you please give me some, some clarity? Can you please give me some interpretation? And so confusion requires interpretation. And after the refiner's fire, you'll be able to be called on, you'll be called on to deliver truth in boldness and in love. The thing with Daniel, and this is kind of a cool little side note, is that see, see Daniel's whole past where family died coming into, you know, Texas from to Las Vegas is uh, that while he's in uh, while he's in Las Vegas, he um, he's able to decipher. I completely lost my change of my, my. I'm so sorry. You probably all noticed that interpretation. Yes. Anyway, he was able to decide things or decipher things really well. And um, so this, oh, here it is, with the thing with Daniel. So because he came from this amazing past, amazing upbringing into this chaotic, wicked world, um, he, um, and I lost it again. What is happening? It's supposed to be a really good point. See, confusion requires interpretation. (laughs) God help me. It was right there. It was right there. You guys are getting more things than the nine because I just camped on my one point at the nine. Anyway, I think I'm going to move on, which is a bummer because I think it was a good, it was a good thing. Oh, well, it will come back. 
so yeah, common sense isn't common anymore. Um, but he was able to, to explain the truth. Um, I got it again. Jesus, keep it here. Keep it here. Keep it here. Okay, King Nebuchadnezzar, wicked man, right? Who in our world that we serve, we could be serving in a company and we could have some bosses that are just completely off. But God has put us in a place coming from like a Texas place to a Las Vegas place to serve these people around us. It wasn't, he didn't serve King Nebuchadnezzar because, you know, of his, his characteristics or his strengths, you know, like I want to be like him one day. Therefore, if I serve you, then maybe I'll get like the gifts that you have. No, he, he came in the place of Babylon and he served in that place still even in the most wicked secular place. So then now King Nebuchadnezzar who was calling on him for an interpretation and he would know yeah my lifestyle probably isn't the same as you Daniel um, but I need an interpretation and I need some truth. And the truth of the dream because he was getting really disturbed by the dream is the truth is that when Daniel saw the interpretation it was it wasn't, you know, bright, sunshiny day like my jacket. It wasn't like, you know, all sunshine and rainbows. It was a word where God was going to take Nebuchadnezzar out from his kingdom. And so there was going to be some bad things that happened to him. Because of the pride, the fall came, and he was going to be taken out. He was going to be removed. God was going to remove him. And when he saw that, he didn't find it for his time to be like, oh, now I get you. Now, see, after all the bad things that were done to me, now I can tell you. You know, now it's just this cutthroat. No, he had the heart that even of loyalty to this person. And he said, King, I wish that this word wasn't for you. I wish it was for your enemies. He came into a love for his king, a love for the wicked person who, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. I don't like my voice going up and down. But <laughs> so he had this heart for people. And then it turn, the question turns back on me. No matter how uh, opposite a person can be, no matter how opposite of the beliefs that they can have, have with me and with the Bible, with the Word of God, do I use the truth to turn on somebody or do I use the truth in love and say, I wish this wasn't for you. I wish this wasn't for you. You are a king. I've served you all these years and I would hate to see you come out and get dethroned from your kingdom. I wish this word wasn't for you. Do we have that same heart for the people that we're serving in this city? Or do we wish ill upon them? Do we wish, oh, now's the time to go after you. His heart was pure. And because of his pure heart that he was able to deliver truth to Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar was taken off of his throne. And it says that he acted, he was basically amongst the beasts, like an animal and eating the same thing that animals were eating. And then he came to his senses. It says that he, he basically woke up. And that's when he turned to God. And it's beautiful in the scripture. You can read it in Daniel. He, he comes back to Christ and says, you are, you, are the, you are our God and I serve you all my days. And you even, what you even do is you take the pride of people and you humble them. I was that man of pride. 
and you humbled me. And in your goodness, you brought me back to this kingdom. And in your goodness, all the people who served with me are back in the same place. And you are a good, good God. How amazing is that? where his heart turned because of the purity and the, and the boldness of truth and God's power of Daniel. The last thing I want to share about is uh, our prayers, our prayers. So the other thing about Daniel, he's a dream interpreter. He's able to interpret through the confusion because I believe of his, his pure heart to God. He didn't let the world, he didn't let things come in and, uh, and he didn't allow himself to conform to the world. But thirdly, he was, he was a man of prayer. King Nebuchadnezzar, he got on, or it was one of the kings at the end of Daniel. And uh, there, there was just this decree going out saying, no one's allowed to pray at all. And if you are, I think you die, something like that. And so, um, so Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Daniel, sorry, Daniel went up to his room after hearing that and continued to pray. And when people prayed, you pray out loud. You're not in your own thoughts. You speak the word, you pray. And uh, he got caught doing that. Um, but he's good. He went to the lion's den and he's good. He survived the lions. So your prayers can shut the mouths of lions that are trying to devour you. And the other thing with prayers, if you have a heart and a purity devoted to God and knowing that with that partnership, God comes in supernaturally and you get to see the impossible happen. He was, uh, he was praying a couple prayers, wanting to see his, the city get, get saved and, and shifted. And, uh, and the cool thing about that is that it says in the book of Daniel, and I don't see this a lot in the Bible, but it says as soon as he started speaking, as soon as he started speaking, the answer came. As soon as he started speaking, I feel like we can get frustrated a lot if we're in the refiner's fire that we just blame that God is the delayed God. But it says right there, as soon as he opened his mouth and prayed that God came immediately. The only time that he, he was fasting, he was fasting for three weeks, which is 21 days, uh, that he had a delay in an answered prayer. So the day that, um, the 21st day, he received an answer, but during that time he could have thought about a delayed prayer. God, where are you? But it actually got revealed that when he started to pray, because he is called beloved to God, because of his obedience to God, his, his pure heart to him, that the answer actually did come immediately but there was a delay because the angel, the messenger who was coming to deliver him the answer got held up by this uh, bad angel who was over that region. So again, God isn't coming back to a weak church. 
We should be expecting God to be answering our prayers. We should know and have confidence and expectation that as soon as we release a prayer, as soon as our, our mouths are open, that God is ready to answer us. He is not a delayed God. He is ready to answer. And there could be some things in the wicked spiritual world that could be blocking the assignment of the messenger who's trying to get to you. But do not be confused that that delay is because of God. You are making a difference because of your prayers that actually powers and principalities who are over the region are trying to block what your prayers are affecting. The prayer of Daniel. The Holy Spirit ascended like a dove on Jesus after he got baptized. And it says that when the Holy Spirit descended, landed on him, it says that he remained on him. And uh, this is after Jesus got baptized. I love baptisms because that is your partnership with God saying, I am old enough now to make the decision that I'm going to follow you. I'm not going to conform to the world, but in my ways, in my devotion to you, I follow you. And I know, Holy Spirit, you're going to work in me and see the miraculous. So the, the, it says in John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. The Holy Spirit is looking for people to remain on. He's looking for someone to remain. As we're in the fire, don't be misguided that you are alone in the fire. Know that God is with you. And the Holy Spirit, even though I'm talking about purity partnered with God's power, purity, the Holy Spirit gives that to us. He helps us with that. The dove has uh, nine main feathers on both wings. And, and there's nine fruits of the Spirit and nine gifts of the Spirit. So you need both to be able to operate. If you're only a fruit person, meaning, uh, you know, my character is just solid, you're never gonna see the gifts of God on your life. You need to have both. It's nine fruits and nine gifts. The nine fruits are love, joy, patience, sorry, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if you're in your work and you feel like, man, this contract isn't going through and man, this employee is really bothering me, well, bam, you can take out self-control. And if you feel like you're alone in this, partner with the Holy Spirit because he, he's, he's helping you with that. He's got those fruits for you. There's also nine gifts. There's the gift of wisdom, the gift of special knowledge, the, the gift to have great faith, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the gift to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret, to interpret what is being said. The refiner's fire, the purity with power message is, yes, a message where 
it forces us to reflect, God, how am I, am I allowing you to come into my heart and to search me and know me and to prune me and to purify me? So yes, it is that. But it's all about, if you're in the refiner's fire, I wanna come back. It's Daniel 3, verse 30, that after they were in the refiner's fire, they were promoted. So here's my encouragement to you that even if you feel like you're in the refiner's fire, even if you feel like you're in your own Babylon, if you feel that way and you're getting, you're allowing God to refine you, you're not becoming bitter, but you're allowing him to refine and purify your heart. That promotion is on the way. He's only doing it to promote you. He's only doing it to promote you. He's only doing it for your promotion. You thought that life should have gone one direction. You know, when I was in college, I did uh, special events and I did that because I wanted to see revival happen. It was that day where you're trying to look for, for what major you wanna do. And I saw this sign and it said special events and it had this big picture on it with a stadium filled with people. And during that time, I heard that there were stadiums getting filled with people to worship Jesus. And I was getting really pumped on that. I'm from this small town in Oakdale. And so any stadium, I just had like a, a small baseball field. Like that's my idea of a stadium. <laughs> so to see this, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I want. I wanna do that. So you would think that, okay, that's, that's awesome. Like God's gonna bless that and he's gonna push me towards that direction. You know, God could have given you a dream even in your business. And it's like, that's why I launched out. That's why I quit this job. So God, I could do what, what dream you put inside of me, you know? And then all of a sudden, so after, um, after I did the schooling, I desperately wanted to intern at this uh, place that, that did that, that filled stadiums for Jesus and it just did not work out. And so because I was a, you know, a good student in college and I got, um, uh, what is it called? Free money scholarships. <laughs> and I, I went to some events, I'd, I'd meet all these people who are in uh, the event world and I'd get their card and then I'd write them a thank you note and you know, just be in contact with them. So because it didn't work out, that one way that I thought, the Jesus way, you know, you would think Jesus would be there because in my opinion, it's the Jesus way. It went completely opposite in another direction. And I was thankful for it, but it was completely opposite of, you know, during that time, you're so sensitive to what is my, God, what do you want my future to look like, my purpose, that he took me from there to, to West Hollywood. And West Hollywood is kind of like a Las Vegas place. It, it's really overly sexualized and all about confusion there. And so he took me there because he's like, okay, daughter, if I want to get you in a place where, where I can actually have you as an influence and use your voice correctly, I'm gonna choose not to put you in the place in the Christian path or, you know, the, the place that you thought. I'm gonna put you in the place that is completely opposite of any world you've ever been in. And I'm gonna, that's where I'm gonna start my refiner's fire in you, where something looks completely opposite, completely against any godly dream that I had. It's opposite. So God is asking you, it's asking me, asking us today. If you're in this opposite world, a place where you feel like there's demotion or a place where you feel like you're just 
gonna die. (laughs) Um, In a place where you just, you feel devoured. Could it not be that it's for your promotion? Could it not be that it's to purify and refine your heart? Could it not be? So have hope. Let's all stand. I'm a little over time, so let's all stand. The word that I feel for you today, though, is promotion. Is promotion. Is promotion. How's your prayer life with God? It's okay if you didn't have a prayer life in the good times and now you're in a bad time. Start changing it. It's okay. We have access to the Holy Spirit to be able to change our language, to be able to have some self-control now, to be able to have some patience now, and to be able to have some love again for ourselves, for other people, and love God again, to get us, you know, through the refiner's fire into the world that we know only God can promote. We can do whatever we can in our own gifting and in our own strength, but it's to see the impossible in our world, only God can do that. Only God can do the impossible. So let's reach out your hands today to God and I'm gonna pray over you today. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you, Jesus, that you take us through the refiner's fire. And God, you don't leave us there alone. Not only were you with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you're walking with them, but God, you sit with us. You sit with us through the hellish times in our life. God, you sit with us and you see, okay, I'm not gonna turn up the furnace too hot where they just can't stand it anymore, but no, I'm not gonna let the fire go out. But God, you are getting those impurities out, Lord, so you can purify our hearts so we can partner with you and see the impossible happen. God, I thank you, Lord, for every person who is here. God, that they are called to see the impossible. Thank you that you're awakening dreams. You're awakening awakening them up. God, that you're, you're imparting courage, strength, and power inside of them, God. Lord, so now that they're in the fire, they're not gonna smell like the smoke, but God, everything's gonna turn around for them, God, that promotion is right on the other side. And God, that we're not even gonna smell like the the things that we walk through. God, we love you for that. We love you. Thank you for bringing us through the fire and thank you for promotion that's on on the other side. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.